0: Hello, Rob. Hi, Dan. Surprised to see me? I bet you are. Uh, I am. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you, mm-hmm. uh, what are you doing here? What indeed? Yes, yes, because I, last you knew, I would started your little bull hunt, huh?
1: Right. I sent, yeah. I sent you off on a wild bull hunt.
0: Uh-huh. That's right. And, yeah. And it. And now you're back here. That's right. Did you finish Despite it? Despite the bull... I did and it nearly finished me. Oh, all right. You thought you thought you could get rid of me that easily by putting the last bull clue by putting an ice cold soda at the middle of one of those machines that crushes a car into a cube? It's going to take a lot more than one of those to kill me. Because guess what? I drink soda really fast, Rob. <laughs> yeah. I drink it really fast.
1: You have a technique for drinking sodas really fast, right?
0: I do. I'm like that Chinese guy on on Twitter who swirls the beer as he's drinking oh, it. It goes down really fast. Tornado technique, Rob. I learned it. Yeah. That's right. I'm the only American who knows it. And now I'm back to co-host King Me. Yeah.
1: All right. Well. Maybe, maybe on the next on part two of uh, the show we're talking about on the next bull I send you on. Uh huh. Gonna have to step it up on. my Oh, there's end.
0: another one.
1: Yeah, I, I have. I'm yes. planning another one for you.
0: Oh, that's sick. All right. Well, let's get this over with so All I right. can get going on it. This week on King Me, no tagline I could find. This is Lisi's story. King Me. King Me. Welcome to King Me, the official Stephen King movie podcast, the official podcast of Kinging Me, the official podcast of. Um, going on a bull. I don't know. Going on, going on a bit of a bull.
1: How is there no fucking uh, tagline for this?
0: That seems. I can't. Like an oversight. I cannot find one. I believe I you. I mean. I'm this just only adds to my theory that this isn't a real show, <laughs> that it doesn't exist. Dan, I got to tell you, I don't know if I watched anything at all. <laughs> okay. Rob, here's the thing. <laughs> it is it is sort of like like you can kind of imagine on the other side of the screen a team of people frantically shooting more footage and racing. To get it into my TV. Yeah. 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 They're just like, uh, um, um, I don't know. Uh, let's go. Cut back to the stairs. I don't know. Uh, come
1: back to the stairs uh, by the water. Julianne Moore, make,
0: make some more distressed faces. All right. Come Can back. Just bang your, bang your head against the window again. <laughs> bang your head against the window again. Uh, yeah, what it's if, a, uh, it's a, it's a weird one. This is, this is pure content. This is, it is what we feared it, this, it would be.
1: This is it. This is content. It and is this is exactly, nothing but yeah,
0: nothing but tent.
1: And we're and we'll get into it. But uh, we have some uh, some housekeeping at the top here. Uh, oh something yeah. we've been trying to do for the past I don't know two months, but keep forgetting to do.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we always ask our our listeners at the very end of the show to rate and review the program. We're mixing it up. We're going to ask you to do that now.
1: Oh yeah. Once you Uh, um, pause this, go to iTunes and go rate us five stars and write a nice little review. And then we'll read it on the show. Just like
0: this. April 2nd, 2023 user, the great goblin titles, their review Yahoo five stars. And it reads, Best dang show in town, and that quote is attributed to Stephen King of all people. Whoa, thank you, Stephen. Hey, hey, buddy. Uh, this one from May fifth. Mm. Uh, title recommended by Uncle Steve from Miss Breakfast. A weird, weird username for Uncle Steve, but okay. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought so, given that his username was already the Great Goblin, but. Mm. I suppose anything's possible. He makes a lot uh, of know uh, yeah, a lot of screen names. Go on. Yeah, um, he says Stephen King recommended this. Oh, this is not Stephen King. Ah, this is someone who knows Stephen King. Gotcha. Stephen King recommended this podcast to me in a glowing eight-page email. Mm. Highlights include quote. What they lack in technical understanding of their audio equipment, they more than make up for in technical understanding of storytelling. Well, that's a nice thing
1: to say, kind of. Well,
0: it's kind (laughs) of, you know, it's a bit backhanded, you know? But, Uh, I mean, incredibly
1: accurate. I mean, really.
0: Well, surely surely it will get more earnest and straight ahead, right, as it goes. So the next quote here says... If you listen to ep- to the episodes in reverse order, you have the privilege, all right, of listening to two men deepen their friendship by encouraging each other's love of cinema, alluding to the fact that over time we have become uh, husks, uh, almost enemies, contentious, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for me, I don't feel that way. No. I'm not self-aware enough. Perfect. So, um, um, and we have one more, Dan. We do. I saw. Yeah. Well, I got more. I got more from this. Oh, okay. Right I'm through. sorry. Go on. I'll I'll go quick. Uh, here's another quote. Their improvisational intros remind me of the conversations I have with Molly, aka the Thing of Evil. Molly, of course, being Stephen King's dog. <laughs>
1: I imagine in that scenario I'm probably Molly. Uh, feivable. <laughs> I
0: you think so? I feel like nah. I'm I feel like I'm giving dog nah. of the two of us. What am I? What are you monkey, in that in that scenario? Yeah, monkey about to get shot cuz it got out of its cage at the zoo. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the monkey and you're the kid who fell in the cage. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> And then this one concludes. This is from Grady, and it concludes. I'm not going to share the borderline slash fiction the email devolves into. I will strongly encourage you to check this podcast out for yourself. It saved my marriage. Oh wow, that's good. Wow. Um, All right. What? And then what?
1: No, um, there's a there's one from this past Tuesday. I know. Oh, okay. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. <laughs> no, I can't.
0: Uh, of course, someone someone leaves us a nice review, and we re- we reward them by putting this episode out two days late. Well, but one day late. I, I'm gonna one day one day late. True, 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 true. It- um, and for a very good reason, which I think we'll get into, sure, a bit, yeah, we'll touch on. Okay, um, this is the best official podcast of Kinging Me. I'm assuming the title's cut off. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, oh, this is all from also from Stephen King, famous author. Uh, I, Stephen King, have never actually watched any of the movies discussed, but still look forward to hearing Dan and Rob break them down. Their chemistry makes the show fun, funny, and Rob, you're not going to believe this. Smart. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, I've been accused of a lot of things. Mm, yeah, I ain't no egghead, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, uh, would absolutely recommend to any fans of comedy, horror, or Kinging me. Mm, all right, all right. I am Stephen King, and I like this podcast. That one means a lot to me because I really do pride myself on uh, incorporating incorporating elements of Kinging me into the show. Well, right. That's that's
1: a big part of the show. And I know you're you're kind of the the main the main man behind mm. the whole kinging me aspect of it.
0: It's a bit of a passion project. Yeah. it's alienated me from my loved ones. Sure, <laughs> they can't stand all the kinging
1: me. And uh, if you guys can't get enough uh, getting kinged yourselves, why mm-hmm. don't you hop on over to the Patreon? patreoncom oh, yeah. slash King Me pod where we oh, uh, yeah. we're doing all kinds of stuff every other Friday. You know, we uh, we talk about a new uh, genre film. Right now, we're in the middle of our Evil Dead series, so you could check that out. We just finished mm-hmm. Army of Darkness as of this record, and the next one I think is it's uh, the 2013 remake of Evil yep. Dead. So, and yeah. just
0: to clarify, that's the uh, when you say Army of Darkness, you're not talking about Army Hammer, who is in a sense, right, his the own, Army of Darkness. Yeah,
1: his own Army of Darkness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, there's a, a pivotal moment where we're past the Raimi era, and now we're looking at how other people have interpreted the legacy of yeah, those films, other, of their filmmakers. Uh, we also do fun stuff. We've done some reading series, the Sometimes Readers, where we'll pick up a novel for once. Yeah. We force ourselves
1: to read a book
0: (laughs) and let me tell you, it is not easily done for either of us. Uh, I've learned a lot of exciting new words. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I've learned a lot of exciting new
1: words. I won't be using any
0: of them. (laughs) 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 Um, We also sometimes we'll do the constant eaters also where we prepare recipes from a Stephen King cookbook. Yeah, it's a we wild time did. over
1: there, guys. Yeah. Over on the Patreon. We just had a
0: drink. Yeah. A stiff drink. We got a little soused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um but but that's not what we're doing today. Today. No, 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 we no. are we are in a dar- a dark, dark era known as the present. Uh, <laughs> contemporary <laughs> Stephen King adaptations abound. Yeah. <laughs> And we are getting into um, just, like, we are fully down the rabbit hole of, like, prestige, aesthetics, and I won't say nothing to back it up. There's, like, there's some stuff going on here. There is some
1: stuff going on here. It's not, I I do agree with you that this is content, Um, but that may just be, I don't know if it's the way it's presented or, like, The fact that it's an Apple Plus original. um, Yeah. Which is... Oh,
0: God. This is... This is Lisey's story. Let's just
1: say it. It's Lisey's story. We're doing the first four episodes of 2021's Lisey's story. That's right.
0: And this is um, in keeping with a lot of later era King stuff where the story revolves around a widow. Mm. There's a lot of this, you know, there is right. Uh, the widow of someone who died suddenly, if not tragically, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm thinking Gerald's game. Sure. I'm thinking of course the outsider. And there's a lot, a lot of elements of Gerald's game in here, just in terms of like her sort of like processing, like her husband is such a part of how she, is processing her own life and her own past. Sure. Um, so there are definite elements of that. Um, and sort of just like also like those, I think these are about, um, women who have like been kind of stuck in the shadow of their, their husbands, like for one reason or another, Mm -hmm. whether in the case of Gerald's game, it's because he's like abusive. Right. Um, and in this and the outsider, it's just like, they're both like larger than life presences and right. And the circumstances of their death are so drastic and tragic that, uh,
1: yeah, it, it right. It completely overshadows the, the, the person, uh, the yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's weird. Cause like, um, I didn't even think about like, I, I, I did make the connection like, Oh, you know, like, uh, another story about like uh a husband. Another that dies. story
0: about a woman.
1: Oh Jesus Christ. Oh, great. But uh um like even fucking uh like Doctor Sleep has an element of that with uh I forget the little girl's name, but her father is killed by Right uh the what is it, the knot or whatever? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in uh, in the tall grass too, uh, the gir- the woman, the girl that's pregnant, right? The the father of the baby uh, saves them, and then he himself ends up dying in that cornfield.
0: Interesting. It is interesting. Like it's um, because like it is a-, a pretty prevalent criticism of like old Stephen King stuff that he didn't yeah. have any strong. I say strong, but I guess I mean like fleshed out female characters. Yeah. I mean, right. Fleshed um, out
1: at all. I mean, yeah, really seen. I mean, we just talked about the stand, which is, you know, like a flagship right. Stephen King story. And he he yeah. literally had to write another chapter because he was like, I did such a bad job of giving this woman anything to do in the story yeah. that I had to.
0: That, and that's like, and I think it. that's, I think that's really interesting too, that like, he's very aware of it and he's like, uh, you know, clearly like a, a decent enough person that that's like something he wants to rectify. Sure. But I think like, you know, it's like he's older and so fucking successful that like, he's kind of just like his brain is like locked into these patterns. So even though he's like, I want this story to be about, like, a, like a, a female character. I want her to, like, go on this journey. It's still always, like, kind of through the prism of, like... Of the man. This husband figure. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because he needs his writer character. And it's just weird to me that he's... It's like, why not just have a female writer character? <laughs> right? Well, like, you
1: know, what? I, was, I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, it, it almost, like... I, in a Stephen King way, I don't even—I don't even know if this probably wouldn't even work, but having uh, if you know she was the the writer who died, right, and then yeah. Clive Owen was the one who was going on this you know journey of discovery yeah. or whatever, but yeah. but I don't think just stick with me for a second. I don't think that like. You know, the obsession that uh, Clavon's character stirs up in people uh, over his work, I don't think that Stephen King could or maybe thinks about or thinks to do the same thing with the female character. Like, have people so obsessed with this female character's work that they are willing to kill or whatever over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: it does make sense. And I feel like even just like thematically, like it does kind of have to be the Stephen, Stephen King surrogate who dies. Right. Just because like so much of it is a, so much of what's happening around Lacey is like that obsession and, Mm -hmm. you know, and sort of like exploring how that's like a distinctly male thing. Right. Like the main antagonist of this story is a guy who's like completely empty inside, just totally scooped out. And uses these the character Scotland and the Scotland books to sort of like fill himself and give his life meaning. Right. And the thing that is driving him insane now is the fact that she would deign to keep his unpublished manuscripts well, from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's like it's interesting because like it is still a surrogate for him and there is like a a bit of an ego complex around it, but he also does seem like very aware of how, uh, if I hate the word, it's very played out, but toxic Mm -hmm. that kind of fandom is. Yeah.
1: Which I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure Stephen King has probably himself, you know, had some obsessive weirdo fans. Yeah. Not like us. Not, you know, nobody, (laughs) <laughs> no, no no podcast hosts, but, you know, other people.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're pretty normal. I think we have a, I think we keep enough of a critical distance. I think so, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, Lisey's story, 2021. Did yes. you, were you, like, even aware of this when it came out? I had not heard of this until you were like, we are talking about this on the show. <laughs>
1: uh, only in, like, I didn't know what the story was about at all. Uh, I had heard the title story, right. It's her story. Um, Lacey, Lacey. Yeah. I I mean, like I had heard the title before, but that was it. I think I was, I had listened to an episode of the King cast back Mm. when I was doing that. And, uh, I forget, I forget who the guest was, but she was talking about how Lacey story was like one of her favorite Stephen King books. Um, and that was the end of it. That was my the extent of my knowledge of it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is all like this is all brand new to me, uh, the yeah. story itself. Um, and mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this uh, show as of right now. We're only halfway through it. I have not continued on. Like you know, there's been a lot of setup kind of stuff. Um, maybe it's all gonna like, come together and pay off and. Uh, in a satisfying way at the end. Yeah. You know how Stephen King is always, you know, just fucking nailing those endings. <laughs> just fucking. Well, he
0: actually, he wrote this one too. He wrote this, this teleplay, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so I imagine whatever we're seeing will at least be faithful. If not ultimately satisfying. We'll, we'll see. Um. Yeah. So do
1: you want to, all right, let's go over some of the cast here, because because it, it is pretty stacked. I got to say, yeah. Um, Lisey, our titular Lisey, is played by Julianne Moore, mm-hmm. um,
0: who I think does a good job in this. I like Julianne Moore. I think she's a good actress. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's going out on too much of a limb to say that Julianne Moore, one of the greats. Yeah, I know? mean, like
1: all like the the three. Sisters, the women, uh, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Joan Allen, who, yeah, Joan Allen almost, it took me like a good, a solid 10, 15 minutes before I I even fucking put it together. That that was Joan Allen. (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) Uh, Unrecognizable.
0: Um, But everyone, look, all three of them, I think they're absolutely killing it. Killing it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, yeah, is her character is so funny. Like just the meanest fucking person who's ever lived, <laughs> but like perfect cast. Like she's so in the pocket yeah. doing that kind of character. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and then Joan Allen playing like, um, this, this, you know, mentally, uh, I don't know. just, I don't even know. I, I honestly, I don't know what she has going on. So she's like,
0: she's like fully dissociate, almost yeah, fully dissociated. Um, yes. She, um, and they, they get into it in the plot. Like they, the way that they sort of like colloquialize, like the kinds of mentally ill, you can be the way that like Scott Landon's dad does it. It's like, you can either be, you got the bad or you got the gun and she's got the gun, right? Right. Like she just like retreats in her head and just fully dissociates. And the only thing that can bring her back is, uh, self mutilating, by the way, feels worth saying lot of, a lot of that in this, so, fair warning, if that's something you don't like hearing about, mm-hmm. I would recommend skipping this one, but definitely still subscribing to the Patreon. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so, and, like, as the story goes on, you find out that, like, Scott Landon and uh, Liz- Lisey's sister, what's her name? Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have that in common. He has the same thing, where he just, like, dissociates and the only way he can bring himself back is is through self-harm
1: right and we should say that when when Clive Owen or Joan Allen's character dissociate they go to a different place their mm. their physical body seems to be in our world we'll say um, but I don't, you know spirit uh, some sort of a uh, a representation of themselves goes to another land called, Blood bull? Is that what it is? No. No, no, blood no. Blood no. bull
0: is when you That's cut That's when you yourself. cut yourself.
1: Sorry. Uh, what's the name? Ugh.
0: Midnight is it something? Bo- is it Booyah Moon? Oh, Booyah. Booyah Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I couldn't... I honestly couldn't keep the names of things straight, because there's, like, it's- all the talk of bulls. <laughs> all this bull business. Yeah, I mean, the word
1: bull, which, to my knowledge... Has no meaning at all. Uh, Is that an actual word, Dan? You've been Uh, learning all kinds of new words, right?
0: (laughs) Well, I haven't read it in Salem's Lot or The Outsider, so to my knowledge, it is not a word. Uh, Bull, as Webster
1: defines it, uh, is uh, a hoop for rolling, Uh, a wooden hoop (laughs) forming part of the framework of a basket
0: <laughs> Okay uh, So it's like a It's like a Hoop and stick
1: Yeah hoop? Uh, Also Another de- definition Is um, Any various objects With a curve or bend uh, Okay Or um, <laughs> Or the noun uh, The Scottish word f- uh, For a child's marble None a of these Boole bool. <laughs> bool. A bull. I <laughs> tripped
0: on these bulls. <laughs> <laughs> we got go to the bull. Heal your arm. Wow. Yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. So none of that is particularly one to one. No. What's happening here? <laughs> no. Um, uh,
1: they. Yeah. So, I guess that's. I guess one of the. One of the things I'm having a hard time with is. Figuring out what the fuck anyone is talking about or what's going <laughs> on here. Dan?
0: Yeah, it, this, uh, There is no moment where someone's like, "Wait, wait, wait, slow down." What is the? Yeah, yeah uh, Explain
1: it to me like I'm a child.
0: There's yeah, no talk moment- to me like I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah.
1: Even yeah, you know, outside of somebody just like vomiting exposition uh, for like five minutes, uh, you know, the it's really like a slow drip of information that's coming out. Yeah. Like, uh, what any of it means, uh, what the, you know, what this other place is, uh, who these other people at, in this other place are like any of it. Yeah. It, it's like, I
0: honestly, like you watch the pilot. Yeah. If, if I didn't have to watch this for a show, I would be like, what, why are you wasting my time? Yeah. What, there's what no wh- <laughs> And there's, there's no hook here. here. There's, there's no hook at all. No. Um, and it is just like I do feel myself getting set up for disappointment because at the end of the pilot, you know what you see? You uh, see that JJ Abrams production card. Oh no, it's this is a bad robot production. <laughs> you know what we need, Dan
1: a what? good robot production.
0: We do need a good robot production. I'd even settle for a Mr. Robot production at this point. <laughs> what
1: if uh, what if we just started a production company called it Good Robot Productions and we our whole thing was just like, yeah, we just want to make things that are better than JJ Abrams makes
0: <laughs> Again, yeah. specifically. Well, if if that's our goal, we should call it low bar to clear productions. <laughs> Uh, so the man's a clown,
1: <laughs> very powerful clown. Yeah. No, nah, he's, he's clownish. Um, so we start, th- so this, the story is being told. Um, it, it, it is, you know, uh, sort of, we keep jumping around in time, right? Uh, our ha- favorite thing, yeah. Our favorite, our favorite way to talk about a show on yeah. a podcast where we have to keep going. Oh no, wait! But then this happened back in the
0: past. Then <laughs> yeah. in forward times.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> well, hey, even from a filmmaking perspective, it's just the easiest thing to pull off, and you totally understand why everybody insists on doing it, <laughs> right? Well,
1: at least I mean, I know we we talked a lot of shit about uh, the stand uh, mm-hmm. doing it. This it does seem like it's all part of the storytelling. uh, Yeah. This is
0: like a mystery, right? Right.
1: It's a mystery that like what, what the whole premise is, um, you know, uh, what's what uh, Scott Scott Landon played by Clive Owen uh, dies and leaves his wife, Lisey uh, Julianne Moore to uh, a, a bull a bull hunt which is like a scab. it's the same thing as a scavenger hunt um but each one of the clues leads to like another say like another like piece of information uh about scott landon's life and like things that are you know it they go back in time to like uh interactions that they had and like their, ma- their wedding day and their honeymoon and things like that. These like significant memories that she has of their marriage uh, that all sort of relate to something that is happening in the present or, you know, it, it seems like these two timelines are all leading to the same mystery being solved. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. We're only four episodes in. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm Maybe just saying what nothing it seems will like get solved. <laughs> I guess, it but seems- like, it, it it's like, it is a pretty, it's a slow show. It's, yeah. it's a very slow show. Um, which doesn't, to the ha- degree it's not that, bad, like, but doesn't have to be a bad thing, but
0: I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it is, I am already getting the feeling of like, why did it take you eight episodes to do this? Yeah. Right. Uh, like,
1: yeah. And that, like, I don't want to completely shit on this because I do think, uh, like the acting, I think all the actors are doing like a pretty good job. Like, like we were saying, like all the women are are excellent in this. I think that the kid, uh, Dane DeHaan, uh, who plays. Yeah,
0: I really like what he's doing. I gotta say. I
1: I like it too. I think he's a a real weirdo creep. And (laughs) he has, a. I mean, he has the kind of face that can only be cast as characters like this, you know? Yeah. Um, so
0: looking at his, uh, he's the one I mistook from the kid from it. Yes. Um, But in the show, I would say he's got much more of an evil um, James McAvoy vibe. Um. Yeah. 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 I would see you that. agree with that? Yeah. It's not sure. very insightful, but would you agree with it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, he, you're right. His face is like, He has, like, evil guy face. He does. He does have evil guy face.
1: Like, he was in that movie, uh, Chronicle, right? That uh, The one that, like, it was the Max Landis script. It was, like, a found footage thing, which was kind of like a superhero slash Akira uh, kind of movie. Weird that, you know, Max Landis would write something that's
0: so, uh, uh, you know. Wow, it sounds like it's kind of a mashup of two things. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's interesting. Um, but he has
1: he just has like a weirdo kind of face like mm-hmm. I don't, there are actors that like well this guy's not ever going to be a leading man that's okay yeah. he, he's always no going to be
0: going to be a character no one's going to fall in love with him on screen <laughs> not, on, on, screen. Screen. not sure. on screen i'm sure he deserves love yeah absolutely probably i don't know many of us
1: do right um but i like i like what he's doing here right
0: yeah, there's like a sort of cadence where he he seems to think in like two sentences at a time and yeah. just sort of like steamrolls through them, right? It, yep. It, it's kind of, it's such like an easy trick, but it's like, it's very effective. Like, everything's very quiet with him. And yeah, uh, I wish I could think of two sentences that I could say back to back, but I've <laughs> <Yeah>. never.
1: <laughs> well, he's, he'll say something like, Scott Landon was a great man, changed my life forever, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about Scott Landon, Clive Owen.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't what? know, man. I didn't know that's what he looked like. Now, to be honest, yeah, it looks Sorry like to be he, catty,
1: but yeah, I, uh, he looks like he he may have had a little work done. Yeah, uh, he, I don't know if his face looks like plasticky?
0: Yeah, or... I was gonna say he looks like Madame Tussauds, he, Clyde yeah. Owen statue. Yeah, he does. He looks a little waxy, a little wax mm-hmm. museum ish. Um, uh, also, um, what part of America would you say this character is from? <laughs> <laughs> the whole goddamn thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, it, it's sort of, uh, you know, it, it's an American At- accent. I. I was really going for an American accent. And I wanted to capture every part of America.
0: I actually thought it would be better if you couldn't tell where he was from (laughs) in America.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's from all, uh, based on his accent, he's from
0: any part of America. And some parts sometimes of London. He's from, like, yeah, I was gonna say sometimes <laughs> he's from the Bronx. Sometimes he's he's from London, <laughs> uh, jolly old England. <laughs> it really it does start slipping when he has to when he has to talk for a while. Yeah, and when when he has to like get loud or
1: say something yeah. like fast, it, it totally it, yeah.
0: It, I just. I, I was about to say why did he have to be American but I know why because his family is American all right. the other actors are american yeah so
1: um and so his the other actors right so uh they're two child actors which are they're fine but uh their father uh, is played by Michael Pitt who's an actor he's been around for a long time he was in uh I know him mostly I think from funny games the remake uh I think he was in that maybe i'm making that up i could be making that up and that's not Ooh, what i remember oh gaslighting
0: him from. the audience interesting
1: yeah oh no he was thank god, god. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he was in that uh he's you know he's he, i think he's like fairly recognizable but i really I, again i couldn't recognize him as the father I, he was under like he's like he's looking like pretty pretty scraggly and shit yeah um, yeah his the father in this is a lunatic and he's playing it pretty pretty fucking like he's i feel like he could go really big with this character and i and i it feels like he's not it's like this really restrained sort of performance which i like
0: i agree and i liked it also for that reason like this is like that, that is such a possible tone breaker moment, right? That flashback. And I think he does a really good job. Like there's such a, he really like, it's, it's clear that his just sort of like internal, like his approach to this was just like, well, this guy really believes this shit. So, right. I,
1: he's he's like, um, uh, not evangelical about it, but, uh, I can't think of the right word. I haven't read enough books. But uh, <laughs> he it could he could have been like, you know, we've seen other characters in Stephen King stories and movies and whatever that are like these huge characters. They're, you know, usually some sort of religious figure that is, you know, bombastic and, and in people's faces and, you know, these big, yeah. big performances. Marcia
0: Gay. Marcia That's, Gay.
1: It, yes. The Marsha Gay Hardens. Um or she get hard on, if you ask me. But um stop, come on. <laughs> it's not that I kind of show. Know,
0: I didn't know you liked her. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna oh tell her. Oh my god, Rob. <laughs> oh my god, that's so sweet actually. She's married. You can't know, <laughs> <Rob>. <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't know you had a hard on for her. <laughs> i'm sure she's never heard that before in her life yeah her middle name is gay and her last name has the word heart in it (laughs) i i'm sure she had a really easy go of it in
1: middle school (laughs) right in uh the
0: you know the 70s (laughs) um whoa did you hear that yeah what was that that's that's not a sound effect that's actual thunder from the sky oh shit apologies to the listener if that keeps happening but honestly for a spooky show like ours <laughs> might be the best thing might be the best thing for us. our numbers are going to skyrocket
1: oh because it's it gets so spooky on this episode yeah. on, vehicle, on one of the, the least spooky. the uh, thunder
0: the thunder episode
1: yeah on one of the least spooky uh stories <laughs> that we've talked about yeah
0: it's not spooky at all
1: there's no honest. no scary bits i mean you could, you could say that long boy is a, a scary bit, but... It's not really, though. It's it looks terrible. Really, yeah, it looks I know. like
0: shit. <clears throat> it's such a... It's like a spooky idea, too. I don't know how you... I don't know how you missed the mark that badly on the long boy. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into the long boy. We'll we'll
1: get into <laughs> that. Um, so we... It, this is going to be tough to sort of go through... Uh, beat by beat here, but um, the story starts with Scott Landon already having died and Lisi being uh, a widow. He, he's he been gone for about two years at this point, and she is clearly still grieving him. Yeah. Um. At, uh, while, you know... Uh, but she's like... um, you know, She has like a, a nice life for herself. You know, it's like this big big house and whatnot she you know her sister
0: beautiful house yeah it's a beautiful house house. yeah got me wishing i lived in that house
1: yeah Um, it's like out in the middle of like the woods it's just like really nice um her sisters like her one sister played by joan allen uh she like in one of the first scenes like they they have this phone conversation and joan allen she's sort of uh um, she's talking about Scott and, and then she starts breaking the the cup in front of her and starts cutting herself. And uh, it's all pretty uh, gruesome. Yeah. It, because I mean, it also comes out of nowhere. You don't really have your bearings and don't really know what's going on. Totally. Um, yeah.
0: I also think it's like, it is a, like, I, I do think like the idea of like being on the phone with somebody while that happens is like, Particularly upsetting, sure. And then like the the whiplash after that of her like calling her sister and kind of treating it just like an inconvenience a yeah. little bit. You can know you, what I mean? Like right. can can you she's go like check she, on
1: Amanda. She's being weird on the phone, kind of. Yeah, you know when it's like sort of like when their sister has a history of you know. But that's the thing. Suicides. Like I don't
0: even I don't even think it's like. I to me it was like the, the self harm stuff is so like a part of their understanding of her mm-hmm. that it's sort of just like clean up on aisle five a little bit. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. Which I also thought was like kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are there sure. I, that's not like the only way to read it, but right. if that's if that's the intention there, I think there's something to be said about that. It it's also
1: sort of implied that um you know Joan Allen's character Amanda was married before, and her husband left her, and that's sort of what triggered all of this. Um, you know, sort of mental this like mental breakdown of hers is like her husband like leaving her. What seems like for another woman, yeah, um, and just I guess she's in just like this devastated state uh, forever, on top of whatever else she has going on with. Uh, the booyah moon and all that jazz. Mm. Um, so right. So Amanda, Amanda uh, is she? She's cutting herself. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, uh, Darla. She's more connected, I think. With she uh, she. It seems like she's the one who's like constantly trying to hold, like keep them sort of together, but in like, not in a loving, caring, we're all going to spend the holidays together kind of a way, but yeah. like in a, uh, just uh, like, uh, out of obligation, like, you know, she feels responsible. It, it seems like she feels responsible for Amanda and she's pissed at Lisi for not being there more. Just for her, for Amanda, just, you know, she was, like, she seems resentful that uh, she got married to Scott and then, like, abandoned her family, it seems like.
0: Yeah. And also, like, the money seems to be a huge hang-up. Money seems like a huge hang-up, yeah. Yeah. There's
1: the one thing where, like, (laughs) Darla asks, like, how much money... How much how much are you worth or how much money do you have or whatever? And yeah. Julie Lisi just says a lot. A lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> kind of cool. Kind of yeah. baller. Um uh, that I think is like an interesting thing that only Stephen not only Stephen King, but he's in a unique position to sort of represent that. Sure. And it's like so many stories. Like not that it's a big feature of this it's that like t- that is sort of like contained mostly to the the sisters or whatever but um d- yeah the idea of like having that much money and like we know he didn't really come from money, I don't think right um he was certainly very broke starting out um that's such like an interesting thing to have insight on the sort of like tension that you have with the people in your life when you become Become incredibly rich. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's just interesting. I don't, I don't think like, I, it's not like a, it's also not presented as like a woe is me thing. It's purely just like this added tension on top of like all the other tensions that you just have
1: with family members. It it doesn't seem like, you know, Amanda, has her own house, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like Jennifer Jason Lee isn't, like, she's not living in poverty or anything like that. Like, both of those sisters are doing fine. um, But there is that, like, sort of weird money tension, uh, it seems like, between them all. Um, Then, you know, we see a flashback of, like, Scott Landon at a... So, he after he becomes successful he has some money, he starts like donating it. And he like, I, I think this is at like a, a library like groundbreaking ceremony and, uh, a, a psychotic fan comes out with a gun and shoots him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So shoots him in the chest. And we know that Scott's dead in the present. And it seems like this is how he died. And, and then that's, They they get rid of that pretty quick Um, (laughs) where they're like, no, no, he actually survived the shooting. Um, The Landons have always been fast healers, which is uh, what they keep saying. Uh, I don't know, Dan.
0: He's he's Wolverine. What do you want? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he does keep calling everyone Bub. That's an important. So I do think that's kind of where I think that's where this is going. Is that, that he he's... becomes
1: this is like a Wolverine origin story?
0: Yeah, it, it's Leesy's <laughs> story, but it's also Logan's story, right? <laughs> Bub. Bub,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I all of this stuff, it's it, it all just feels like sort of, uh, I don't know. Like, I watched all the, all four of these episodes, and they're all sort of just swirling around in my head. Like, the it, it is a little hard to f- like remember the time, uh, uh, you know, the the actual like. Uh, chronology of everything that happens. Yeah. Um, one of the there's a college professor, um, played by um, Ron Cephas Jones, who I know from This Is Us. He is on that show.
0: <laughs> are you a, Are you an Us head? Are you part of
1: Us Nation? The, the
0: us Nation, yeah. The, <laughs> the us of a
1: no but um you know i used to live with people that uh, were really into that show
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was them yeah yeah more like yeah exactly but what's your favorite episode of this is us oh the one where
1: jack dies in the fire <laughs> <laughs> that's one off the board yeah, <laughs> this was him. <laughs> uh, another show that uh, keeps jumping around in uh, in timelines. Wow, so it must it must also
0: be very smart, very it, good show. Oh,
1: it is. Um, mm. So this college professor, uh, he goes to Lisi's house and, to, you know, in a kind of in a strong way tells her that she should um you know release Scott Landon's unpublished works that he you know anything that he had would be a treasure you know a gift to the world
0: yeah he like does he call her a whore or what but it's like it's very just like plainly misogynistic and there's it a is. lot of like it, it's a lot, a lot of like uh you don't deserve you're just like a hanger on he calls her Yoko, right? Like Yes. Uh well I don't know.
1: He calls her that. I know the Dane DeHaan's character. Oh, um, okay. He calls her Yoko. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Uh, Right, Jim Dooley. Um, Jim Dandy. Jim Dandy. Uh, But he does say that. Like he said, uh, the professor guy. He says something to the effect of like, "Your husband was the genius. You just married him." Um, You know, it's like it's heavily implied. Uh, from what he's saying, that he like he does not respect her in any sort of way. He's like totally. you, you, you know. He was the genius. He you know he gave these things to the world. Like you didn't inherit anything from him just because you fucked him. Like that's that's the attitude that he has. And uh, Jim Dooley is that like Jim Dooley especially is he hates women. <laughs> he is he sure does. He, he hates them. Um, he he he's constantly everybody he has an interaction with the professor or whatever. He's like, Are, "You have a wife," and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "You should think about that." Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. He, I, if, stay single. Don't marry. <laughs> like he keep, <laughs> he keeps like filming these things and ending them with "Stay single. Don't marry."
0: <laughs> yeah, that actually like that aspect of the character is like the the most cartoonish thing about this whole show
1: yeah it's like this weird incel kind of thing
0: yeah it's very that is I think where Stephen King starts showing both his success and his age yes a little bit where it's like you've heard about these things but like you you've never been on 4chan say you don't (laughs) really you don't really get the vibe here it it feels very much like there are I mean we'll talk about how drawn out this show is repeatedly um one thing they do way too much is show those like little videos of him in his apartment, like kissing the, (laughs) the Scott Landon cutout and like all this shit. He's like monologizing to the camera. Is that the word monologuing monologuing like into like a hand, handheld camcorder. And it feels to me very like law and order SVU Mm. Mm -hmm. perpetrator. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, he's not a bad actor, but I don't think anybody could really sell that task. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think you're right. I think
1: I don't, I don't think they need, I'm sure it's all, it's probably all in the book, all of that sort of, uh, you know, monologuing kind of stuff. Uh, but that, that is the kind of stuff that we don't need to see just like the, (laughs) like, I don't know, just all this, like, his interactions with other people and the way that he, um, you know, talks about women and about Scotland and to other people and all of this other stuff, it, it that, you know, that uh, sort of fills in that the that character. You don't need to have him monologuing. Um, yeah,
0: totally. Um, but, you know, that said, yeah. I love when he does his little rage out dance. Uh, we have to talk about the rage out dance. Um, <laughs> he'll put
1: on a song and then just sort of. Uh, it's like this jerky, kind of like head banging dance that he does. It's yeah. like, you know, he has to shake out all of his aggression. So he just does this like wild. It, it's like if a kid were dancing or. Uh, you know, it's not to any sort of rhythm at all. It's just <laughs> yeah. this sort of, you know, uh, spastic.
0: Uh, I I have a theory about that dance. Okay, can I tell it to you now? Please. I think that was done with some intention of it becoming a meme, uh, because there is okay. a. There's a, um, the, the scene where he's like, kind of like, I don't know, is it kidnapping if someone's in their own house still? But when he has like, Mm -hmm. when he has Lacey, yeah, kidnapped and restrained and he's just, we just have that like shot from her perspective of him doing it for like 15 uninterrupted seconds. Sure. (laughs) You could just drop, uh, that, uh fucking Pantera song behind it. You drop anything behind it. Right. You know, yeah. Was it. Da, 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 da. Totally. Walk. You're talking to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's it. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it is. I guess, it, that would make sense if they were trying to go for some sort of a memification of a of a thing. Um, yeah. And that. that oh, God that definitely feels like the world that we live in right now and hmm, don't care for that. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah. Um, so we have this professor who wants these unpublished works, right. And he, he hires this guy duly to get them from Lisi and their, their conversation, whatever is like, You know he's dually based. You know he says, uh, "You know I have ways of you know convincing people to do what I want or whatever." I mean that's like pretty strong implication of violence, right? And later on when like you know Dually contacts Lisi, threatens her, tells her to give up the the paperwork and stuff, and like all of this stuff uh, is kind of interesting to me because it, it plays out in a what feels like a more realistic way. I feel like a lot of movies, they go the long route where somebody calls and threatens them and they don't call the police and they, you know, deal with it on their own or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. Lisey's like, she gets off the phone with him and then she pretty quickly gets in touch with the police and they find out who the, the guy is. Polisi. <laughs> this is police's story. Right. <laughs> um, they, they, like, they know who the guy is. They like narrow it down, and they get like, um, uh, I did like this one line. They're ta- they're talking a. They're showing a video of him like giving like pieing somebody in the face. A guy who's like who wrote a book being critical of Scott Landon, and uh, duly pies him in the face, and then he gets sent to a mental institution because of it, and then he's released from the mental institution, and the doctors there same. Uh, they claim. That he is sane, and that he is cured, and Lisey says, uh, "Well, I think they may have made a little mistooky."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I did laugh at. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this guy is like, you know, completely unstable, and the professor just sort of sets him off on this, uh,
0: you know, hunt for these manuscripts. It's so funny because, like, before she calls the police, she calls the professor. Yeah. Right? And he is like, I told him no violence. And she's, <laughs> again, she is very rightly like, Oh, you just thought he wouldn't, he would listen to that? Well, you thought the crazy guy would, yeah. Yeah. It, and th-
1: th- again, this is like, it, this does feel like stuff that you don't normally see in movies or shows, but like, yeah, he. the professor's like I told him no violence I, I was very specifically I said no violence and she says something to the effect of like don't you think just by saying no violence right. by having to tell him not to be violent you know that he may not listen to you and he <laughs> yeah. uh, may be violent anyway yeah. <laughs> that's a fair uh, point yeah uh, and she right she tells the professor that uh, if you don't um, if you don't call this guy off and if I don't get a phone call back from you by eight o'clock tonight or something, I'm going to the police and I'm telling them that it was you. And that's what she does. And they talk to the professor and, um, yeah, you know, he, he just says that like, he's a guy that I met, you know, in, uh, a, in the bar. Uh, I thought, you know, he could help me with this. I didn't think he was gonna, you know, do all this stuff. I, I don't, you know, I think he's, I think he's a big old liar. I think he might be a big
0: old style liar.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's, what's happening in the present physical storyline mm-hmm. is, uh, Lisey, uh, is slowly being sent on this bull hunt and, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Dooley calls himself Jim Dandy um, is he's creeping around, trying, and he's gonna he plans on getting the manuscripts. I don't know what he's gonna do with them. Uh, if he's going, if his plan is to get them and keep them, I it, this all felt like Mister Mercedes to me. Yeah, uh, season yeah, three, definitely, right? Definitely where, King trope, King trope, uh, where like this obsessive uh fan of this counterculture sort of author. Um you know he has unpublished manuscripts and like the the guy just wants them he just wants to read them because uh this author changed his life in such yeah. a drastic way you know yeah Um yeah whatever whatever happened to that guy Which guy the, yeah, the guy from uh, Mister Mercedes. <laughs> oh, the, the guy who like got shot in the face. Like the guy who was
0: dismantled piece by piece, pursuing <laughs> yeah. his plan. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of several
1: episodes, just taken apart,
0: <laughs> totally undone. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good in hindsight. There's a lot not to like about it, but I there, like
1: there, that storyline a lot. There is some good stuff in in season three of Mister Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're talking about, though. It's right,
0: not. right. Right,
1: right. Uh, so, and then while this is all happening, right? Uh, Joan Allen's character, Amanda, she is right. She she has dissociated from reality, right? She she's almost catatonic. Like, um, after this latest, uh, you know, what uh, you know, attempt
0: breakdown. Yeah,
1: it, it seems like you know to. Uh, to kill herself, but you know, everybody thinks that these are attempts to kill herself, which the more the show goes on, it seems like it's something else. It's like this bloodletting thing that they do.
0: Mm. Um, right. It's like they say, I mean, they're, they're pretty explicit, right? When they say like, that is their tether to reality. Like that brings them back. The cutting. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Right. Right but the, so like,
0: um,
1: you know, we see in one of the past events or whatever, right. It's we, it's Scott Landon just sold his first book. Right. And he calls up Lisi and says, I just sold my first book. Uh, you know, get dressed where, you know, put on something nice. We're going out for like a celebration dinner. It's going to be like a, we're going to do like a big thing. And then he ends up, uh, like running into somebody that wants to buy him a beer, and they, they, he basically just stays out way too late. Comes home, Lisi's pissed at him uh, for you know, you know ditching her, and he says, "Give me two minutes, and I can fix this." And he leaves, and he like walks down the street to like a laundromat and punches and breaks the like the storefront window, and cuts himself on it, and then and she she finds him and she says, "Look." It's, uh, you know, I've, uh, I did this, uh, to make it better. It's right now.
0: Um, Dan, I I don't get any of this. I didn't understand what that was achieving. Yeah. Um, I like, I think it would have been, wouldn't it have made more sense for him to like, in that moment, Start like, doesn't it still logically make sense if in that moment he starts like dissociating from the yeah stress of betraying this woman who loves him, betraying the trust of this woman, and then he goes and cuts himself just to like ground himself enough to have that conversation, right? But I don't know how you get that across, but like, I don't understand how that's making I guess he just meant himself, like, he's making him. Himself better mentally. Maybe that's what he means. He's like, I, I'm better now. I can, we can, we can he- bounce back from this. But right. I don't know. He I don't called,
1: know. He calls it a blood bull, and um, and she's like,
0: oh, oh, obviously it's a blood uh, bull. I uh, don't know what
1: that is. You why didn't no <laughs> you just
0: say so, Scott? <laughs> yeah, it's a blood bull. I'm Lacey. <laughs>
1: like uh, when he's washing his arm his it, you know all the cuts or whatever in the sink and she's saying that like you know we should go to the ER you need stitches or whatever and he's like you know the Landons are fast healers yada yada right but he's saying he's like it's a blood pool um, you know it's a uh, it, you know it if you accept this then sorry is enough um, you know d- d- do you accept it do you accept it or whatever and she's like yes yes she's like, okay um I don't know. I, I, I really don't understand what the, this whole, you know, I get it. The bloodletting stuff is maybe to tether them to this reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, but like, I don't know. I, I, am having a hard time s- like seeing when somebody is like ha- not tethered to the real world.
0: And then they start cutting themselves. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, like, sorry. It's like if you like if you accept it, then sorry is enough. That just feels downright manipulative. Yeah. Like, right. I don't. Is that? It's not played particularly in that way, but it's also not played as like anything else. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. And then so, like
1: when we, in the flashback, when we see them as kids, right. And the father, like, uh, Scott is little Scott is up in the barn window. Yeah. And, um, his fa- father, is telling him to jump. Mm-hmm. And the King brother Trump. is, what's that? King Trump. King Trump. Um, and, and the brother is telling him not to jump. And, and then the dad Trump. keeps like cutting him. Um, yeah. w- you know, whatever like all of that stuff right um like i don't know why he's cutting the boy right besides to like prove a point Um, yeah um i I, I just i don't know I, i i guess i don't know what the the father is trying to teach his kids um about any of this stuff um
0: right well i mean it makes more sense explain it to me dan with Scott, right, it seems like you know he has identified him as someone who like retreats into his own world at right. at this at the site of like as he experiences trauma he retreats right it's sure, and it seems um, like what the dad is doing in a my this is just how I understood it. It seems like what the dad is doing is like physically putting him at a remove and forcing him to come back to the situation Mm -hmm. in order to stop it, to make the connection that like you like by, I mean, kind of by hurting yourself, Mm -hmm. you are putting an end to further pain, which is like, it's a very fucked up, complicated lesson. And maybe for that reason, like there's not supposed to be any, anything beyond what happens when he blood bulls Lisey. Right. I know. I feel like an idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, it just seems sort of like, I don't think it's supposed to be like a, a bonding moment in like a positive way. I think it really is just like playing it for what it is. Right. It's just like, he's like, I, um, I am, this is how I, like, this is how I am processing the mistake I made. hmm And if you, like, I need, like, this, I need right. you to forgive me, basically.
1: Right. Like, that's, I guess, I thought it had some sort of other bigger meaning within the story you know, of like, like within this sort of like co-
0: supernatural stuff.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. you know, this is a blood pool and you, you know, if, if you accept
0: it, then you have to forgive me and yada, yada, like, sorry is enough, all that shit. It, yeah. Well, the other thing is like the bulls are sort of like a symbol of love also for, right. so I think it's maybe just that where it's like, I cut you, I cut myself because I love you so much. Um, no, you forgiving me for. For all of this it's sort of like an ultimate f- it's sort of like a, i'm showing you mm-hmm. this worst part of myself and if you can forgive me then there- that is sort of like a blood pact gotcha right uh-huh. um, just to i don't know i don't know maybe it, maybe it'll get clearer as the show goes on but that because like even with like even with the dad and his brother mm-hmm. that's sort of what's happening like that's the only way the dad can express love for them is if they complete these little challenges basically. Right. Cause right. like, I mean, even Scott says, as he's like recalling this, it's like he jumps down from the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, and his dad gives him a kiss. He says, daddy's kisses were his prize. Yeah. My yeah, favorite yeah. line in the whole show. <laughs> it's Truer words have never been spoken. Am I right? Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> but yeah, it's like, it's, this is the thing. It feels more metaphorical than like yeah. a, a clear cut device. Oh, very Ooh, scary. You said yeah. metaphorical and the thunder. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's God warning me not to punch above my weight. <laughs> Slow your intellectually. Roll there, dance. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right, Mr. All right, Mr. Metaphor. All right, Mr. English major. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think, uh, I don't think it's supposed to make sense, like in a sort of like clear cut, these are the rules way. Because, like, even when uh-huh. Leesy, you know, so Scott and Leesy, they go on their honeymoon, mm-hmm. and while they're there, Scott is able to show Leesy, like, take her to Booyah Moon again. I right. feel like I'm saying this out loud.
1: Booyah Moon is a place that him and his brother
0: created, right? Like he says he that created it and he took created his, it. I think it seems like he created it and could take his brother there. That's okay. what being gone is. Right. It's like you right. go That's to Booyah Moon. Yes. Um, and, and they, he,
1: and just real quick, his father, the, the father keeps saying that Scott has the gone and, mm-hmm. uh, his brother has the bad.
0: Yes. Um,
1: yeah, which we're, I'm not entirely sure what the bad is just yet.
0: I don't know what the bad is either. Yeah. Um, But he, so he is able to like show this place to Lisi and it seems like, you know, very um, similar to the bridges of Nosferatu, Nosferatu, right? It's like the inscapes. It's like, it's this metaphysical place that seems connected to imagination or whatever, because like,
1: yeah, I mean, it's like, it, 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 it kind of looks like uh pandora a little bit avatar pandora yeah,
0: yeah um, it's a, it's a bit like it's like terrence malick kind of
1: yeah a little bit a, a bit of that um, yeah. it's a little like uh it's kind of like what? bridge to terabithia right like yeah. this imaginary world mm-hmm. uh, it's always it's nighttime but there's this huge uh moon that's yeah. shining so it everything is is lit up in this sort of like dark, low twilight kind of light.
0: Yeah. Twilight. Um, it's very nice. I did, I did like it. Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) I quite
1: liked it uh, besides that, you know, all the creepy shit going on there. I'm like, uh, I would like to spend some time there. It seems very relaxing. (laughs)
0: It's a, it's a bit, it's a bit screensaver, but I liked it. Yeah. But all of this is to say that when Scott takes Lisi there and shows it to her one, she sort of like recoils. She's like, I want out. Um, right. And then as she's asking him about it He doesn't really have any answers either And like right. yeah. It's clearly like this view into Right I, my, view, my understanding My interpretation at this point in the show Is mm-hmm. that it's like his interiority And mm-hmm. that's why it's both Beautiful And also there's things like the long boy Which is like a um, What's the word Is it a golem Is that the right word? But it's it's like a it's a bunch of people writhing in agony that form a larger person. Yes, and they're screaming. Screaming. Yeah, and it just which is like
1: like, I I mean the idea of that just a bunch of people sort of like stuck together writhing in agony that form like that Voltron together to form (laughs) like a giant like uh, demonic creature like that's a yeah, pretty cool I'm, idea. I'm
0: so into it. Yeah. Yeah. But the look of it, it I mean, it looks terrible. It, like I mean, it's right, bad the CG. Suck. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's tricky too. Cause like, I'm sure, you know, constructing like, you know, like rendering the lighting on something like that <laughs> in a space with like unnatural lighting as a yeah. rule is like, right. I'm sure that's very challenging, but it's also just like, man, it, it just kind of it sucks like it's got glowing white eyes also, which I thought was like, first of all, king trope,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like glowing inner part of the monster. That's a king trope. Yes. But also it just like totally undercut it for me. I don't know. He wasn't long. He's just big. Yeah. I, that's the I other see bit. how long he is. He doesn't seem yeah, that long. He does not. But, seem but maybe he's like we've only really seen his like
1: torso. Right. Yeah. Uh, So maybe the lower half is just like a snake and it's just
0: really long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, So, yeah, I think, I think we just kind of like, I think the, the point is not to explain the rules too much. Sure. Sadly. And that. Oh, Oh, got an appearance. Hey, Uh, come here. The invalid gizmo. Oh, Here we go. She just
1: woke from her little nap. There she is, and now she's ready to to get on mic.
0: (laughs) Gizmo is, would you say, fighting for her life? She is fighting for her life
1: right now. She has, she the other day she got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease uh, that is fatal in cats, and. They say there's no cure for, but there is, and I'm not going to go into too many details here, Yeah. but uh, one
0: way that people have treated this illness is to um, administer a a, a medication not approved by, is it the FDA still for pets? Yep. Uh, Not approved by the FDA for the treatment of this illness, but it is available through other channels. Yeah. Blood, uh, various dark colored markets. Yeah. various, um, yeah. uh, various bulls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go on, I got go my own medicine bulls. Yeah. I got my own bull hunt going on. <laughs> well, you don't, but people do. People yeah. Yeah. Do. People. Do. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's, so. uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Just, and just try. Here's to the other her thing. Going. Yeah. It's not a, not a super wallet
1: friendly. It is a very uh, expensive uh, and you know what
0: insurance doesn't cover uh, drugs that are not FDA approved <laughs> sure sure. Um, so. so once again patreon.com/king me pod right Yeah
1: you know ch- hey, you could listen to some content from us. And then, uh, know that deep down in your heart that you are contributing to, uh, the show and to this little kitty cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: Um, anyway.
1: Yes. Back to, uh, Booyah Moon. Um, so, uh, one thing here, I, so after, uh, Scott takes Lisi to Booyah Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the car, she, she basically, she says that like, uh, I, I never want to talk about that. I never want to talk about your childhood again. <laughs> um, I just can't handle it. Right. Um, which I, 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 I found kind of interesting. Um, I think like Lisi seems like this, a uh, very flawed character mm-hmm. uh, in a way that like, I, I feel like you just don't normally see um, in, you know, things. Yeah. I would agree with that. Like, you know, you see flawed characters, you know, like, you know, Tony Soprano, Walter White, like that kind of shit. Like the, these anti hero kind of protagonists, but like, you know, she is our protagonist. She's not like a bad person, but she just has these, like it, it, they feel like real, like a real world sort of flaws. Like, you know, she doesn't, uh, talk to her family as much as she should. She, you know, her husband has been through this trauma and she's like, I can't like, it's way too much for me to handle and you can never bring it up again. (laughs) You know, like just shit like that. Um, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. There are a couple moments of her being her just being like, I can't even process all of this. Uh, which like is like, that's not really a, a flaw, you know, like I think it's, a lot well, yeah. to expect someone to just take on 100% of of you yeah, you yeah.
1: i say like flawed character just like that the character is not like a perfect sort right, of right yeah you know she's uh, she's all in all good sort of thing it's you know um there you know there are uh, gray areas in in people and you know not everybody isn't just one thing good or bad totally um so that's it yes um so oh um so in the in all of that's happening right she's she's hunting down these uh uh this these bull clues. hunt all these yeah. clues right and it seems like scott has been planning this for years um <clears throat> he's the one who uh So uh, Amanda, the sister, has to go to a mental institution. When Lisi calls there, um, the doctor, I guess, who's in charge, he says, oh, yeah, your husband, Scott, actually, uh, I I spoke to him years ago, and he said that your sister would probably have to come here. So he already set everything up, and he's already paid for it and everything. So it's just like, uh, you know, he's been working on this forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, she really wants to be on the show. The Giz yeah. is back. Gives Giz is back. Um, so I, but like, all the clues they, they lead to another memory from, uh, their, their collected past, right? Mm-hmm. Another memory of them from earlier. Um, I I don't know where that's going either. I don't know what the prize is at the end. I don't know if it's just going to be like, uh, you know, I don't know if Scott comes back. I don't know if she goes there. Uh, You know, I I don't know what's going to happen. Well,
0: that's the other thing is like, so in, in Booyah Moon, um, where Amanda has sort of retreated to Scott's there. Yeah. We see Scott. He's wearing a big coat. Um, (laughs) He is There's also a ton of other people there, so it's like you know. There's like this forest area, and then beyond that, there're like these steps that are sort of. It's like um, what would you call it? Like coliseum seating. Yeah, right? it's right. Yeah, at the at the edge of like a shoreline, and there are a ton of people sitting there, looking out at the sea.
1: Right, and when when Scott and Lisi go there. He says, like, yeah, there are there are people here, but they're broken. Yeah, um, which I don't know what that means either. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And so uh, far, the only person we've really met from there is like a lady in like a, a bridal gown. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. I I, I I don't know. So the uh, but that the water there at the shore that that they're sitting at uh, it has healing properties, mm-hmm. which is how. You know when when anybody cuts themselves, they they go to this place and go in the water and and they're healed. Yeah. Um, in the present, right? Uh, this guy Dooley uh, is he's be, he's going on like um, a bit of a uh, Scotland and tour. He <laughs> he goes to all of these places where like Scotland and Uh, you know, the library that he donated to the town and the, uh, fucking, uh, what was the house, the like small apartment that they used to live in. Um, all of this stuff. Right. But it's, uh, he's, he's trying, he's finding Lisi Right. Uh, he's also, you know, Lisi called the cops. There's a cop that's, uh, stationed outside of her house. Right. Played by Sun Kang. Uh, from the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. um, he plays. So this is uh, a guy
0: who's used to acting in a car.
1: Exactly, <laughs> does a lot of car acting. Um, plays Han, of course, um, who uh, shot first.
0: Am I getting that right?
1: Oh boy! Oh oh boy!
0: I don't want to get political, <laughs> but no. What's the deal? They like killed his character, and then everyone got mad, so they brought him back.
1: Yeah. So. Um, in Fast and Furious 3 which doesn't have any of the original sort of cast uh, Han is there and Han dies at the end of that right Mm. Han wasn't in the first two movies and he's this other character and he dies then part 4 starts and it's actually we find out that it takes place before Mm. maybe part 5 takes place before part 3 what a mess Um, huge mess so his character is there. So it's all like leading up to Tokyo drift. There's a bit of a a
0: Lisey story quality
1: to this franchise. Uh, A little bit. Uh, Maybe, uh, Stephen King was inspired by the fast and furious movies.
0: Imagine Vin Diesel saying blood bull is a blood bull. (laughs) I actually like that. (laughs) That's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah,
1: they bring his character back. Like nobody dies forever in the Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> nobody's yes. a bad guy. So uh. Sung Kang plays a uh, a cop who's yeah, yeah uh, parked at her property because they're aware that this dually cat is coming for her, right? Or maybe coming so, for her. Um. So what does he do? With the enterprising young man that he is, <laughs> he lights a fire in a barn nearby. But yeah. The,
1: the whole, like, we see him, like, setting up this, it's like a, a battery set to a timer that he, like, you know, with a bunch of dry hay on it. And we're like, okay, he's setting a fire, but, like, I don't know where he is. He's in a barn. Is that the, the barn that Scott grew up in? No, that it looks different. Okay. Like, uh, all right. I don't, I don't know. Then it goes off, catches fire, and it it's diversion. That makes sense. <laughs> It, uh, all of the uh, emergency services they go to the the fire including the cop that's stationed outside of Lisi's house
0: mm-hmm.
1: so when that happens um, you know Dooley breaks in and immediately like puts a plastic bag over her head and uh, yeah. like, not, like uh, just knocks her unconscious with it, doesn't kill her but they hold on that shot for a really long they time. Sure do.
0: Now, to be fair, they hold on every shot for a really long time. True. On this show, but yeah, that was a uh, that was very stressful. That was yeah. very fucking stressful.
1: Um, um yeah, yeah, she's Morris like
0: sucking on a plastic bag. Yep. It's pretty. You know, I, I
1: I would get freaked out by that. Yeah. Um, and when she so comes she, to, she's in handcuffs, and yeah. Dooley has like a, you know, kidnapped her in her own home, and he tells her he's like, uh, yeah, uh, similar to what the professor was saying that like, um, you were you're no genius, you just warmed his bed, is mm. what he says, um, like that's that's the incel kind of shit that I'm talking about here, yeah. like, you know, uh, that that's like the uh. When when somebody's like milady, yeah, you know,
0: wants his bed, yeah. There's like an old timey sinisterness right. to it.
1: Exactly, it's
0: it's bullshit. I fucking hate these people. Um, <laughs> As someone who's always laying pipe, I hate these people. <laughs> um. Would you agree, real quick, that Dooley has yeah. too many things? At first, it's that he's always eaten that candy or whatever. And yeah, and it's a yo-yo. Then he's suddenly the yo-yo champion of the of the country. Yep. Too many things. One too many things. Yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff going on. Anyway, yeah. Tries so to stay busy. Yeah, he's got her kidnapped. She tries a uh, a quick like. Well, there actually is a secret manuscript. I didn't want anybody to know about this, but for you dually, I will tell you. Yeah. Um, and he very quickly is like, There's just a chapter and an outline for that story, missus. I got it right over here. <laughs> and uh he gets mad at her for lying, uh, as all women do. Yep. I'm speaking on his behalf saying that. Uh Yeah. And he wails on her again, a thing that they hang on for all the violence in this. Like it is, you are made to experience it. Yeah. So they don't show him uh,
1: actually like hitting her. They, they show like the, the angle or whatever. It's him like punching downwards, but they don't show him like connecting with the yeah. punches or anything. You but just it's hear like it. And it's 10 oh, punches. It's a lot. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't cut away after that either. We're still, you know, he beats on her for a while and then we're still, we stay in that room and then yeah. he keeps talking and, you know, he wants, he wants the secret manuscripts. He he wants, like, the stuff that's hidden away, right? Yeah. And and she's like, there's nothing. And he doesn't believe her. And uh, yeah. And then he takes out his pizza cutter. Which, uh,
0: yeah, Chekhov's pizza cutter. There's an <laughs> earlier scene where we see him in his car eating, like, a 7-Eleven pizza and cutting it with a pizza cutter.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the way, <laughs> wait, when he cuts it with the pizza cutter, right? there's, it's like this, uh, really close up shot of the, the cutter going across the pizza and the sound design is like, uh, it's all kinds of like squishes and stuff. It sounds like, um, fleshy. Yeah. You know, it's pretty
0: impeccable though. Like, Oh yeah. No, I I I really liked it. I was like, as that shot is playing out with the pizza cutter going through the pizza, I'm like, huh, well surely they won't get the pop of the crust at the end. Oh, and, Guess egg on my face. They sure did.
1: Surely, they they won't get that that sweet pop of the crust.
0: These Hollywood sickos don't know as much about cutting a pizza as I do.
1: An Italian cutting man. a pizza right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this. They don't even know about the pop of crust. Um But yeah, so he slashes her across the chest with a pizza cutter, which is.
1: Across the chest and the face, like just like oh, he stabbing her at her and slicing yeah. at her and shit.
0: Yeah. So then he's like, basically, you got till ten o'clock tomorrow. Misses, or I'm coming back, and it's gonna be uh, no good, no bueno with Duly, yep. He says. And, he says, and no bueno with Dooley. <laughs>
1: you know, it's gonna be no bueno, Dooley. <laughs> And he also, he threatens her sister as well. Yeah. Um, He
0: does say, right. Like he leaves her with a note that says like, by the way, I was very serious about all that. Give me what I want or I'll kill your sisters.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Which then we cut to Jennifer Jason Lee going to, uh, uh, Amanda's house. Right. And there's talk of like, they have a gun. I want to talk about the gun stuff, uh, in a bit too, but, um, you know she has a gun, so it basically like Lisi and Darla they come to an agreement like yeah when Amanda gets out if she gets out there's a bunch of stuff dangerous stuff in her house that you know she shouldn't have the gun uh, there's a bunch of stuff so when Darla goes over there she she gets a bag and she she just loads it up with with weapons basically tasers, yeah yeah there's like a <laughs> taser there's pepper spray there's like you know all kinds of shit. Uh, I, la- I wrote down in my notes, I'm like, she accidentally did one of those, like, action movie, like, gearing up yeah. montages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she, about- she gathers all those things, and uh, you know, she leaves, and then we see that uh, Dooley was actually in the house uh, while she was there, and yeah. he just, you know, he was just hanging back. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: And then, uh, very creepy when she texts. So Lisi like comes to, she's by herself again. I appreciated how, like, I feel like if you're going to be as like brutally violent as this show is, you kind of owe it to the audience to like show the pain of that a little bit. Right. Like it seems like, and she is like really hurting. Like she, there's a moment where she like gets up and like pulls a blanket over herself and like, responds to the pain of like pulling the muscles on her chest that have just like, right. She's just at her chest slash. And when she like pulls her arms back to pull the blanket over herself, she kind of like grimaces and right. Yeah. Hey, by the way, happy birthday grimace. Right. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Of course, moving right (laughs) along. But yeah, she goes like, um, she goes down, you know, at the end of episode. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. I was just gonna say, like, most of episode four, the second half of it, she's sitting by the pool, and it's like a lot of memory and interiority stuff. But before that, she mm. go.
1: She looks at herself in the mirror, right, mm. and the cuts and bruises and stuff are healing, like visibly healing, right? Yeah, right. And then we, you know, we hear. I think I think it's in a voiceover, but like. Scott Scott's voice saying the Landons have always been fast healers and and then she says out loud which was unnecessary but uh, I'm I only married into the Landons or whatever yeah yeah Um, but I I, I like the concept though of like once you marry into the family yeah, like you inherit those the same like sort of powers as got as, that blood bowl, baby. She took the yeah, blood you bowl. got that blood bowl. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but so I, yeah. Oh, we no, should say too. Lisi also has the ability to go to Booya Moon. Yeah, um, she just doesn't. She doesn't like it, um, and she doesn't want to do it. But she's probably going to have to, I imagine, at I some point she, in the show. I think she's- <laughs> I think, we're gonna, I think we I think that's where this story's going. Pack your bags, folks. We're going to Booyah Moon. Yeah. M-O-N. that spells Booyah Moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that is kind of where, where that's that's
0: that kind of where we leave things, right? It's like Yeah,
1: I mean, we see um we, Oh, yeah, well guess, there's right? also
0: We get the flashback of Scott going catatonic, right? Like, the last clue Lisi finds is this, like, little circle of fabric. Um, Yeah. Uh It's, like, yellow knit fabric. And what we see through flashback is it's this yellow blanket that Scott wraps himself in when he, like, gets gone. Um, And there's that whole... The whole thing with that is, like, her bringing him back basically, but it's kind of on a cliffhanger. Like we don't see her bring him back, but right. we Scott, see her. Oh, Scott sorry,
1: says a few times that like, she is going to be the only one that can bring yeah. him back. And yeah, then Amanda says, says it in a flashback too. that. Like you're the one who's going to have to tether him to this world. Yeah. And at that point, at like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all starting to make more sense now.
0: Mm-hmm. And what we get in that flashback, which, uh, I don't know. Is that like him actually going away, him disappearing or what? But
1: uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah,
0: but she finally like, you know, there's like, he, he talks about how there's like a connection between that place and water, right? Like the yeah. water heals. That's also how you like get there. So mm-hmm. she like goes into the sink and like runs the faucet and if the sink fills up, but like never really overflows. Right. Um, And that's kind of like her sort of, accepting the call of the hero's journey of the Lisey's story. Now, I am ready to admit that this show is not called Diane's promise or any such thing. It is called (laughs) Lisey's story. I know that now I have heard the name Lisey enough times that I no longer think Uh that we are watching, um, Veronica's lament.
1: (laughs) I, uh, her name is Lisa, but everybody calls her Lisi. Yeah. Um, is that a, is that like a nickname for
0: piece, people called Lisa? I don't know. Is "bull" a word for scavenger hunt? <laughs> you just say I, any old
1: thing. <laughs> I, I do like when when uh, Lisey is is explaining it to Darla. She's like, uh, "Yeah, he's sending me on a bull hunt. It's like a scavenger hunt." It's exactly a scavenger (laughs) Yeah, it's not like anything, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah,
0: but Um, we also get, yeah, yeah, I don't know, the only other, with the bulls, like, Mm -hmm. I guess we kind of touched on it, just like, there's a a whole section where Scott talks about the best bull hunt he ever went on. Right, and
1: it it was like, right, his brother sent him on the bull hunt, and at the end of it, there was a, a soda, soda pop.
0: Nice soda pop then they there's like that scene of him and his brother drinking sodas. Great shot. Love how they're set up, right? Like they're in their bed with like their two twin beds and they're just Mm -hmm. like, uh, just sitting there facing each other. looks really, I mean, the show looks great. Generally. So
1: there, I want to jump back a little bit. Um, so after the father like slashes up the brother, he tells him to go get cleaned up. Right. Um, and we don't see what that means for like another episode or so. Um, they may even that might even be in episode four in one of the mm-hmm. flashbacks there. But we see them as kids go into Booyah Moon, and that's when they first see the Long Boy. And what they what happens is uh, Scott's brother he he gets sort of like hypnotized or something, and his eyes get that that light in the pupil yeah. where he's like drawn in a certain direction to the long boy. And we don't see any of the interaction, but he gets too close and it breaks his arm. Yeah. Um,
0: That's it, gotta be the difference between the gone and the bad, right? Is like the gone, you're, you're running from that darkness and the bad yeah. is you're drawn to it. Maybe could but be, it's, but it's in you. It's in, it's ya. in you. Um, yeah, yes. And um, he says that, that the long boy marked them that day.
1: Right, it marked them. But then when we see uh Scott in that like uh dissociated state when he's got the blanket the yellow blanket wrapped around him, right? And he's trying to bring him back. He has the those same like glowing eyes. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? So I'm wondering. and at at a certain point he says that like um the long boy like uh calls to him he can he could hear it calling to him when he's writing sometimes. Uh, if he thinks about the long boy, the long boy thinks about him. Mm. Uh, which, again, I think that's a pretty cool concept. If you like, yeah. you think about a monster, it thinks about you. Um, so I, I am wondering, I, like I feel like it, that has some sort of connection mm. uh, with you know between the eye thing, the glowing eyes, and whatever. Um, you know, the and the long boy, and again the long boy is just a pile of people that form a giant guy. It's true, a giant a giant evil guy. It's true. Um, I think that's it though, I right? I think
0: so too. Yeah, that feels like a good place to leave it. And yeah, you know, and like, I'm sure there's going to be stuff that comes into focus in the you know when we come back in a couple weeks to talk about this, and we'll circle back and hit on some stuff. But yeah. also, you know, if we missed anything, great place to discuss this with us. Patreon.com slash KingMePod. <laughs> yeah, I can't uh, tell you how many times our, our dear sweet listeners have pointed out things to me that in hindsight seem like they should have been glaringly obvious to me. Oh, my God. Yeah, they they. it's a great if you want to make us feel like dum-dums, it's basically like a dunk tank. We're sitting there. It, is, it is
1: similar to a dunk tank.
0: The show is a dunk tank. And by pressing send on your insights, you are submerging us in dum dum juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you,
1: do you think that this is going, going to have like a satisfying ending?
0: Like what it is might, your prediction for the end? I think it might. I mean, it's being told as a mystery, mm-hmm. it's the whole point <laughs> of the right. show is to like reveal a solution, um, or maybe not a solution, but like some kind of clarity. Um, it feels
1: like it is going somewhere,
0: yeah. I, I am, I gotta say, I am a little like
1: lost but. as far as like where it's going. I don't, I, I, I really can't predict where how this is gonna end, right? Which is like. A little exciting you know here's,
0: here's the thing we've said that we've been through this before we've been we've oh yeah. been on the victim end of a bait and switch before and 100%. then when you say things like i don't know where this is going and lost the word lost mm-hmm. being the name of a, a show by a certain jar jar abrams i <laughs> yeah. can't help but fear for the yeah, worst a show here. by a certain bad robot. <laughs> um yeah, no, I'm a little concerned that this won't pay off. I don't think this is going to be like a castle rock situation. Right. Where I'll be so mad that I have to go for a little walk. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not totally convinced. I mean, this could be the kind of thing where we get to the end of it and we're like, "Wow, it's sort of a miracle that we got as many good performances out of this as we did." Right. But Um, I'm more hopeful than I have been with other stuff. Yeah.
1: I, this, uh, you know, the show is slow, right? It is a little bit of a a slog, but I'm, I don't, uh, I don't dislike it. You know, I, I think everybody is, like you said like every, all the acting is pretty good. Uh, Um, I am kind of interested in where it goes. Um, I think you're you were right in saying that, like, uh, you know, if if you didn't have to watch this for uh, this podcast, that yeah. watching the first by the end of the first episode, you'd be like, I'm not going to watch. this.
0: Right? <laughs> it's, yeah. Cause it, fucking it, nothing happened or made sense. Right. Um, I think my my sort of prediction here is that we get a lot more on the sisters. Right. Because mm-hmm. this is Lisey's story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, so there's a lot there that hasn't really been unpacked. We've observed a lot of their dynamics, but I mean, the opening of the series is like a shot of Lisey as a little kid and we don't mm -hmm. really, we haven't gotten any sort of indication as to what that was about.
1: So yeah, there, uh, I know, I know we're like wrapping it up here, but there was that one scene where, um, Amanda was in Booyah Moon. She's sitting in that like Coliseum thing, like looking out at the water and there's a, a ship out there and there are three little girls and it's right. them as kids uh, playing this game that they used to play where they were pirates or whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: so there's
1: that. So is something is brewing with the, the sisters. I don't know what right. it is.
0: Also, if I'm not mistaken, the shot of Lisey as a kid is outside of the house Amanda lives in, which makes me think that's their childhood home. Maybe they even that, said that, that. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So I think think we're going to get there. I think we're going to yeah. get there. And the fact that like Dooley has been to that house also right. seems to suggest that we're going to be spending some more time there. Hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So. All right
1: cautiously optimistic yeah, as always
0: <laughs> uh, I've been, um no segments this week of course we'll is, do them next yeah, week it's illegal to do segments much like uh Lisey's story we've spent an extremely long time describing something uh yeah and we're still not ready to pay it off so <laughs> we're only halfway to paying any of it off so That's next right. uh, in a couple weeks we'll we'll get into our king troops king, king and Tropes. and our, our what have yous yep um next week on friday though we'll be again we'll be talking about evil dead 2013 an absolute banger uh we we both love it it rains blood you're going yeah. to love it you're going to love it um, and again, yeah, you can catch that on the Patreon at Patreon.com/slashKingMePod. Yeah. Five dollars a month gets you that and so much more, baby. Yeah, uh,
1: guys, guys, check that out. Go rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that so much. We we appreciate any listen, really. Yeah,
0: we really do. We really um, do. And, and yeah, if you, yeah. if you just want to reach out, say hi, tell us what's up. We don't, you don't have to pay us just to talk to us. Oh, no. on We're on uh, uh, the socials at like King Me Pod or something. new search us, we'll come up or you can email yeah, us at yeah. KingMePod at gmail.com. And that's it guys. That's, that's it for this week. It's literally it. And your boy didn't eat breakfast. So I got to go, oh, shit. I got to go. Nosh. It's almost dinner time. Yeah. I'm, be, I'm becoming a, a bit of a faint boy forget about long boys (laughs) becoming a gaunt boy oh god i'm gaunt boy all right all right uh for rob avon i have been gaunt boy (laughs) (laughs) and uh what else is there to say but steven king king
1: Good app. It did.